Alrighty then, hello everybody. It is I, your host, Anthony Bionis. Welcome to the show. And to answer your question, Sabinator, there will be, but not too late. Because I got to get up early to get a graphics card, which put this stream at 720p, high res, everything and all good. So, yes, uh, there will be an after show today. Uh, but not, not for too long. Anyways, with me, as always, um, is the man who is, uh, who, who, who's ventured in the land of the Mushroom Kingdom, uh, just this morning, or just, uh, uh before our stream went live, no other than Greg Dietz. You gotta go plus ultra, guys. <laughs> I, I, I need to watch that. I, it's like, it's super good. I need, I need to watch that. It's it's my current favorite current anime, so yeah. there's that. Yeah, very true, very true. Man, when you see yourself on screen, you just have like, <laughs> just like oh, I don't like this, and I don't like this part. You, you know what I don't they like this. You, you know what they say? They they add uh, an extra ten pounds to the, with the camera. So ah, uh, dude. I mean, if that's the case, then if ten pounds is all it's adding to me, then there's a problem. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, I I agree. Um, so. Um, let's just get right into the news. Let's get right into it, but before so... Oh my god, could you not sound like fucking, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh my god, now I can't think of it. Um, no. I'm I'm reading the chat. (laughs) Uh, I guess I do look like Uncle Fester. No, I'm talking about the guy who does, uh, the, the, the YouTube news. Um. Oh. Keemstar. Oh. Oh, I, I, every time you say let's, let's, every time he says, like, he's always like, let's get right into the news. And it's like, you almost get there every time. And I'm just like, uh, uh. maybe I should watch him to see how close I am. Dude, it's, you're super close. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay. Um, all right. So, um, our first news topic. Also, Hey, we got our timer back. Yay. Um, our first topic of today and be it. It is about Twitch, and we are on Twitch. Um, but, actually, let me uh, tweet this out real quick. Actually, let me, let me first talk about this and then tweet it out. Uh, this is regarding um, Twitch's new uh, bounty board they're trying for streamers and for sponsored streams. Uh, this was reported on Gamashuta.com, written by Alex Wero. Uh, this week, Twitch rolled out a beta version of its bounty program, uh, bounty board program, which aims to cut out third-party marketing agencies, agencies by directly connecting Twitch streamers with companies who will pay them on stream. Notably, the program brings the business of sponsored game streams and the responsibility of a clearly disclosing said sponsorships in accordance with the FTC guidelines. Further in-house at Twitch. It is also presumably it's also presumably good for Twitch's bottom line, since the platform will act as a intermediary between companies which will want to pay people to stream their games and the streamers themselves. It's not clear how much, if any, cut Twitch uh, might take from each bounty transaction. When contacted by Gamma Sutra, a Twitch representative stated that since this is a beta test, it is very limited run. It is too early to, to commit on what a final program might look like. Uh, but it will adhere to our transparency policies as it pertains to our sponsored content. Um, oops, let me actually refresh this. Uh, so, and I'll put the link in the chat for the entire article. But what this, what they're doing, and I read into this uh, this past weekend. 
So this is what exact Twitch is doing. Twitch is becoming it becoming more of an easier way for game companies to, to contact and direct uh, streamers um, so that they can make deals on what sponsored stream content they want to they want to do it for. And as you can see in the pictures behind me uh, with the slideshow, the way it's set up is that there is a uh, a bounty uh, a bounty board on the uh, on the streamers uh, dashboard. Uh, on there would have a list of games that are available for uh, any streamer to use or if they're approved to use it. Um, and it can range from general uh, games that are listed, but some games are even listed towards a particular type of game that a streamer likes to have. Like say, say we like say streamer plays a lot of platformers, it's going to be probably more platformer games on that list rather than first person shooters. Um, and... There is a right now it's for a hundred bucks, um, and the way that, uh, and the way the, the the thinking around this, or at least the what I've been reading, is that the the fear is that if this is if this becomes something uh, where companies are going to latch on more than what they're already currently doing with streamers, um, then this would basically entice companies to come out and say hey we want to have this game to be played and have somebody play it for a lot less than what an actual streamer would would get for much much more um at the same time i feel this is really good for streamers especially for us and for anybody else who are I not as say, like people who are yeah like lower lower uh, uh viewer count streamers yeah yeah definitely and this is definitely i think a much more much more better option uh better option and a, and a thing more for um, for affiliates and, and, and small streamers. I think that the people who are big time streamers who will get thousands of views, like I think they'll be fine. I think that there, yeah, there could be a possibility where all the companies just go straight to the Twitch site and just have the bounty board as the thing and making them much less with the big, with the, a way to, to, to save money and have the big streamers potentially lose out all that money. Um, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I hope it. I hope it doesn't go that route. But you know, it depends on what. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I don't think it will either. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, ultimately, like anything that's pro-consumer, which this seems very pro-consumer, is a good thing in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, this doesn't seem like it's a bad thing for anybody. Right. Because like the um, thing about this is we we already been doing this. Like streamers are already having making deals and. Making sure that they have sponsored on their on their title to say like, hey, this is a sponsor. We, we receive a code. Or we were paid to, to, to play this game, um, and it's only for an hour. You literally only have to play yeah. like like for an hour with these games. That's um, even better. Like that's yeah, yeah. that's yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, is like what Twitch is doing in regards to help. Like, I'll give you an example of something I think is really really cool about Twitch. So. A lot of streamers that I know that are full-time streamers that were on YouTube or did a lot of stuff on YouTube are actually making more money on Twitch, even though their their like regular viewer count isn't anywhere near the numbers that they would get on a video. Let's say they upload a video, right? And they have 50,000 views on that one video. But on Twitch, they only have 500 people watching them, which is arguably a significantly smaller amount of people. But with the subs the donos the bits this program like they are making more money in general they're making a living Mm -hmm. and then on top of whatever they're making on youtube helps as well 
um, YouTube needs to get their head out of their ass. Yeah, so, yeah. Because it, stuff yeah. like this, stuff like this is going to make people just straight up full on leave YouTube. If Twitch does a thing, and I think we've talked about it before, where they start um, giving ad revenue to uh, uploaded content or that, just that, yeah, that'd be huge. Like, stuff like that in general, good lord. Like, yeah, that'd be huge. That'd be like, huge. YouTube will f- full on die. Yeah. Because honestly, uh, it's arguable, full on arguable, that YouTube's YouTube is built on the back of gamers. Yes. So, I just, it's. The funny thing, yeah, and, and the funny thing with Twitch is like, it, it's it's almost the same thing. They started on the backs of gamers, but like, just they since then kind of slowing. Slowly, slowly uh, going back to what Justin TV used to be, where you can stream pretty much everything. But now, because of how Twitch is and how much it has grown, it basically can branch out. And it's still the core is still gaming, but they can branch out to other things now. Um, this well, the other thing, yeah. the other thing that makes, and I, I like to throw this out there too, the thing that makes Twitch so cool over YouTube is that if a streamer streams a Nintendo game, which they're totally able to. Um, it's not quote unquote illegal. Yeah, their VOD might get taken down. So be it. So what if their VOD gets taken down? If they play a Nintendo game and they have a bunch of subscribers or people donating money, they're still making money while playing a Nintendo game. That's not possible on YouTube unless exactly. you do the, like Nintendo's program. So exactly, exactly. Like and- I love seeing stuff like this. I love seeing Twitch try to like do more for the consumer. Uh, whenever Twitch does something new, I'm always like, "Ooh, like what?" Or yeah. not consumer, but the uh, the streamer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm always like, "Ooh, what's like what's gonna happen here?" And so I, I'm 100 percent behind this. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, I will say this. I will say that. Um, oh gosh, what was I gonna say about the downside of it? Like, if you see a streamer who's like just <laughs> just hitting those bullet points to make that money and yeah. doing nothing but hitting those bullet yeah, points yeah. i could see i could see you know maybe their their followers kind of like all right are you just a shill are you just trying to make money are you actually trying to entertain us like i could totally see but but that's on a like a personal like yeah. a single yeah. a single streamer basis so and, and even then like people who had watched the streamer would know like automatically mm-hmm. as far as like hey this guy is not playing the game they used to play he's something out of his range and like he's maybe he's not as having fun as, as the other games so you can definitely tell a difference people who watch streams including ours they'll notice like what we're excited for and what turns us on so like it they'll know don't they'll, they'll sniff it out and when they do then it's like oh this guy's just doing it for the cash i mean given you know right. i mean given it you know hey it is a business in the, in, in, in the long run, but yeah, I mean, t- I think that's why, I think that's why people are so willing to donate to buy bits. And yeah, even yeah. though I hate buying bits, cause it's like, it's 40 cents on the dollar. And I'm just like, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but, uh, and also subscribing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's why people are so willing to do it because they know that that streamer is living off of that money. Yeah you have a direct source that you can see mm-hmm. and um and you know that that streamer is going is is not this like corporate shill just trying to make money for twitch or just just playing games to make money yeah. so i think if there is a streamer who is doing that that's on them yeah. and not on twitch 
Agreed. So. Agreed. I, I, I definitely love the idea of what this is going for. Um, I'm curious to see what the, exactly it will look like in the future. Not like in two years, but like in 10 years. I'm kind of curious what it will look like then. Um, but yeah. I, yeah, but I'm it, from right now, I am totally with this idea. Um, given, too. given, given we are Twitch, given we are on Twitch and we are streamers, so there's a bit of a bias there, but you know, take it, but take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking <laughs> at it objectively. Yeah, for sure. I'm looking at it from the, cause here's the thing I've to an extent, Anthony given up on being a, a, a solo streamer. I love doing this. But as a as somebody who's just on my own streaming, I've kind of given that given that dream up. Uh, um, I'll stream from time to time it's for fun, but um, in that sense, like if I were to be like, I like to make a hundred bucks, then I'd play whatever game is on that list for an hour plus. Like I'd play it for longer than just that hour. So right, right, definitely, definitely. Um, all right, moving on to our next topic at hand. And this is in regards to the HTC Vive, um, as well as other headsets, finally. Um, H- this is reported off of CNET.com. Um, this is written by Scott Stein. HTC Vive focused standalone VR hitting US later this year. The phone-free PC headset launched in China, but arriving worldwide to compete with Google's Daydream View and uh, Facebook Oculus Go. Um, our HTC Vive Focus, a mobile standalone VR headset first launched last year in China, is now going worldwide by the end year, according to an announcement by HTC during, uh, during the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco. The headset was built in 6 DOF, 6 degrees of freedom, tracking that allows movement in a room without added external sensors. It runs software uh, compatible with HTC View. Uh, viewport VR apps and games, not Steam, using a software toolkit called uh, Vive Wave. This will be the third standalone VR headset we'll see this year. Oculus Go, a $199 phone-free device from the makers of the Oculus Rift. It's expected to arrive in May. Um, so basically, they're how much did you say it was? $199. Wow. So the reason why I'm bringing this up is because finally, finally. They are, um, they are finally putting these VR uh, headsets. Give me a second here. Let me see if I can that fixes it. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. It fixes. Okay, cool, awesome, good to know. Um, they are finally fixed. They're finally lowering down these prices um, for well, you and I. Yeah, you and I have talked about on the podcast before how that's what's arguably hurting the VR yes. market is the the ridiculous like how much how much was the vive i think it was Oof. 500 bucks uh for 600 bucks no no like the vive was like 800 <laughs> i thought the i thought the oculus was 800 and the vive was no cheaper. no no the vive the oculus was cheaper it was like around 500 600 uh, yeah the vive is much more regardless that's still expensive 500 dollars mm-hmm. for just a headset like yeah vr is really cool it's a lot of fun but <laughs> um See, and, and, and I'm going to throw this out here, too. I'm going to be that guy. Uh, pardon me, burping. Oh, um, burpcast. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to be that guy and say that, like, $200 is great. That's that's cheaper than what it, what it has been. But you still need a pretty high-end computer to play the stuff. 
you still need to spend a pretty large amount to use a VR headset in general. Actually, this is this is all within this the the the, the this uh, headset, the v, uh, the Oculus Go. Are they are they making it compatible on to, on par with like what the PSVR does? Um. So, I would say I'm not quite sure, honestly. Um. From what I've read and heard, the Oculus Go is a lesser version um, of the initial VR headset that they launched with, um, or the or the newest one. Um, but uh, it's actually going to be wire, uh, no wires. Like you don't have to have a, a completely like uh, decked out PC to 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 run it. You, it's all built within the headset, and you all have to do is connect the um, the. Uh, uh, the, the charger or the, the power plug to, to make sure it's charged because the, the battery lasts about like for two hours. Um, but if you want to like keep it on the charge, you can keep going playing the game uh, or playing whatever what you want to uh, do with it. So, I mean, I'll say this I'll say this. I'll, I'll it's getting better, it's getting there, yeah, yeah. it's getting to a point where I think it's more marketable. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my concern again, playing devil's advocate here, will it be too late? Will the interest in the market have declined significantly before its price has dropped enough? You know, um, like that sounds great. I love the wireless headset sort of thing. Uh, you still need to set up cameras in the corners of a giant room. Yeah, you true. still need yeah. to have space. Yeah, you still need true. to have, true. you need to have a decent computer to play it. Like if it's, when you pl- when you buy the PSVR and you have just a standard PS4, it even warns you like this thing is not up to snuff. Good luck. You have to have a PS4 Pro to really get everything out of that headset, and that's the low end version, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just there's so much to 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 the to VR that needs to get to more of a um, <laughs> Ray Valer. Uh, uh He says, he says, who would ever spend $800 on one item then has a Kappa. So I know he's joking, but um, he's joking. Cause there's a, there's an inside joke there. Um, but anyway, I want VR to be more than what it is now. I want, I want VR to get to the point that they want it to get to, you know, where it's it's replacing consoles, it's replacing everything else. We're gonna just start watching all of our movies. We're just everyone's gonna be like, all right, family time, let's let's get together and watch these movies. And then you pop a VR headset on, everyone has like an avatar, and you're watching a fucking movie on like what seems like a big screen TV, a big like a movie theater. Project. Right, right. Like that would that that's what I want VR to get to, but it's a a it's not there. B um, to get there, it's going to take a lot more effort yeah. and time. Yeah. And my concern is, is, is there enough time for uh, consumer interest to stay there while it's getting there? I think that consumer interest will still be there regardless because this is something that was pined for back in like the, in the eighties and just like what the future was supposed to be going to happen. Um, and something that people were talking about when they, when this first was launched with just a general idea of a VR being a real thing, people were, were excited. Are, are consumers now going to be excited for this later on in their lifetimes? Maybe. Are consumers that are younger, that are 
going to be more excited when this thing is fully fleshed out? Absolutely. I think that that VR future will come, but it w- it's not now. I think that we are still light years away from being it to oh, where... Oh, I wholeheartedly agree. Like, yeah. I'm excited. Like, I don't think VR uh, research and development is going to stop anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely think that, you know, my concern is, is you know, you look at the sales of VR, you know, and, and they've, right, they've, right, yeah. they've dropped significantly. And, and, and I just attested that to cost uh, because I've played with a VR. I mean, Brian has one when I was at his house, Brian of Heat, by the way, of <laughs> having the energy. Um, right, right, right. I played with, I played on the Vive and I played on the PSVR and it's fun if you have the money to spend on a PS4 pro and a, and a, and a PSVR, like do it because it's, it's worth, it's worth the fun. Yeah. Um, but there's also two factors that I've put into, uh, um, two things that I've always put into VR that I think are important to keep in mind. It's a very motion heavy device. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not a, like, Oh, I want to have fun just playing a video game. Boop. That's all I got to do. My my face face my eyes face this screen. I have a controller in my hand and I play. A VR headset requires a lot of motion, a lot of movement. Uh, uh VR, for example, is not very um disability friendly. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is very true. So I'm just saying like that's why to me stuff like VR seems very gimmicky. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not against gimmicks. I'm just pointing out. I don't think, I don't ever think VR will become quote unquote, the thing that everyone uses the next, we're never going to have a uh, ready player one future. That's not, not going to happen. Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. Not now. And it's funny too. It's funny you mentioned that because that was the same thing that was talked about years ago uh, when 3D TVs were a thing in the game industry and some people in there were saying like, this is the wave of the future. This is the next evolution of gaming. And it turned out to be not, not to be. Um, so like, it, it's, it's kind of another footnote in terms of like how VR. Well, people like to be lazy when it comes to their entertainment. Mm-hmm. You don't want to go to the theater and see a movie and, and have your seat do this the whole time. <laughs> right, right. Right, yeah. like yeah, that's fun at the fucking at at Magic Mountain when you go into those theater like oh I'm in a I'm in a submarine this is really cool <laughs> yeah that's fun for like five minutes but when you're watching a like I if I watch fucking um, all of Infinity War with that I lose my mind yeah agreed agreed like entertainment to an extent is meant to be relaxing there's nothing relaxing about fucking VR <laughs> right right and I will say this one last thing before we move on to the next topic. Is that I think, and I said, and I said this over and over again: VR uh, being used outside of the gaming space for educational, for training purposes, for everything else. Wise, I think is it's awesome. Like that's where VR really shines. But when it comes to the game industry and games, it's not anywhere. I think it needs to be. There are a few examples, but that have made VR look awesome, as Evil Seven. But we're, we're not there at VR to the point where it's going to be consumer. It's well, getting even, cheaper. It's getting cheaper. I was going to say, even then, even then in, in, in great games, in great VR games like Resident Evil 7, um, you know, you still have to take extended breaks. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just, it's it's too much. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. Yeah. Not yet. The future will come one day. <laughs> Just not, not, not today. <laughs> All right. So moving on to our next topic. And as, as we've been discussing, we are again, nearing E3. Like it is getting to that time again. And boy, we got some news to talk about some E3 stuff. So, as you can see right behind me, um, this is the E3 uh, floor that, uh, or the floor plans. Um, they have showcase. Actually, we'll, can I do this real quick? Hang on. Let me see if I can do this. Uh, do I have it hotkeyed? Uh, boom. Yes, I do. It works. Yes. Hotkeys work. Um, anyways. So, yeah, these are a real close-up shot of the um, what it's going to look like in the, game, in the uh, E3 floor. And the big boofs that are going to be provided. Uh, let me read this real quick. This was from, uh, it was posted on a forum site called ResetEra.com. I'm sorry, Jesus Christ, but Capcom has an enormous section. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I have a good feeling. I have a good feeling why. Um, so this, uh, this, per, uh, this person posted a uh, disclaimer. The materials contained in this post, namely large rep- representations of E3 2018 target maps, have been through legal means obtained via uh, ordering that GS.com. On May 5th, 2018, floor, uh, target floor plans for E3 2018 were made available for the public view by the ESA GES uh, event planning and marketing partner via Express... Pardon, pardon the noise. I'm sorry to interrupt you again, but pardon the noise. I got to take some ibuprofen. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, My knee starting to, like, it's starting to irritate me right now, so... Gotcha, gotcha. Um, via the exp- uh, Expresso by GES services uh, at... And then link provided there uh, for some time. Access to these target maps were via direct communication with show management, but the maps have, uh, as have today, uh, no, but the map, maps have, as of today, been made available for download and no account login on Expresso uh, via GAS is required. I thought it was just spelling that wasn't your forte. It's also reading. <laughs> reading is fundamental. Um, so, and I'll put the link in the chat for those who want to check it out. Uh, so, uh, these images that are, and you can follow along in the chat as well. Um, these images that are being shown. Also, there's a list of game companies on here as well on the on the page too of uh, of them attending, but it's a lot. But specifically with these, uh, I wanted to focus on the on the pictures behind me. Um, so as we as we are getting closer and closer to E3, one of the things that I think a lot of people are kind of speculating is like what games are going to be unveiled, what. What exactly are some of these companies have have in plan? Um, and when game companies rent out a big floor space, yeah, that is an indication that there are going to be some game or games that are going to be announced that they're going to be shown at the at the ET floor. Because for those, do- I like that Epic Epic Games is basically just like they could just replace <laughs> that with just Fortnite. I know, right? That's all they got to do. So for those who don't know, when it comes to E three, basically all the games oh, that. Sir. Uh, all the games that are being sh- uh, shown at the presentations, uh, the Microsoft press conference, the Ubisoft, the uh, Sony press conference, they're all the games that are going to be shown on the floor, most of them. Um, some of them are behind closed doors for the press, but most of the games that are shown at the press conferences are playable on the show floor um, or demoed. Why so, Why does Samsung have such a giant, like, I mean, I get Samsung being there, but look how big its area is. Right. I think, I mean, the thing about it too is like some of these other companies who are there and are not game industry, um, they are also possibly uh, tech wise and shipping out to. Uh, well, yeah, it's it's not like it's, it's, 
uh, electronic inter- electronic entertainment expo. So it's electronics and entertainment. People always thought it was just like, well, it's video games because that's what electronic entertainment is. No, 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 no. <laughs> like it's electronics entertainment. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Two different words. So, um, yeah. So one thing I want to point out, uh, as you can see in these images, um, that seems that seems average. Like that that what the, the one you have up right now. Yeah. Seems right. Yeah. Like so, I've. Where's where's Microsoft? Was it on the so, other So so speaking of which, I'm about to address that. Okay. Microsoft Microsoft does not have a uh, a booth in the uh, E3 show floor. They are using the um, the theater next to the um, convention oh. center. Oh. So they're going they're, they're going to be, they're going that route and they're going for more public route. Kind of how I think what was it Ubisoft or EA did last year. So they're going that route, and I think primarily I think part of it because of money. But I think that the way that Microsoft has been, but very consumer friendly for the past last several years, um, and going that route, I think that that's kind of the thing that the theme they're riding on. So that they'll be, hey, come check us out. You don't need a badge. You come and check out our, our games. I was gonna say, I don't. Whatnot. I think it's less money and more of that. Yeah. Um, so they're gonna have the theater next to the convention center, but they'll be there, just not particularly in in the uh, convention center. Um, that's fascinating. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's right, the Nokia Theater. Yes. Uh, yeah, they do have the, they do have the mixer booth, and I mentioned that earlier because I thought that was interesting. Yeah, and the mixer is so, Microsoft's thing for sure. So, do these blank ones we can't see? Do they have uh, um, something there, and they're just the words too big, or? Um. So I think there were yeah some of these some of these other ones I think are just um, a lot of other game companies um, are much smaller. So they can't like list them all, uh, or gotcha. put them. So that's my my guess from it because there's a ton in this list on the on the link I sent to uh, to chat to check out. Yeah. But just to start off on a few things, I mean, you have a guesswork of what potentially might be happening in E3. Also, I like the fact that Sony and my uh, Sony and Nintendo are just like next to each other. It's, it's been like that. It's been like that. Every <laughs> has has, has um, it always been like that? Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> that's hard. I actually, I was gonna say that hallway. <laughs> That hallway, you'll see a lot of pictures of that hallway because on one side, you'll see a giant Sony or PlayStation logo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like signage, just massive. And then literally right behind it, you'll see a Nintendo one of the same thing. That's, that's uh, Because that's in that hallway, that that wall mm-hmm. where they're basically seeing each other, mm-hmm. like it's just going to be a wall, a massive like fucking 30-foot wall. And I'm not joking. Um, around the corners though, and I imagine everything that's not like where they don't see each other right right um that'll all be open so mm, gotcha but like the, the the thing is like every year when i watch walkthroughs of the show floor because you know i do <laughs> um nintendo's like booth is always way more fun than sony's oh yeah definitely and, definitely yeah. And, and that's not to say that sony doesn't have a good booth it's just that the way that nintendo sets up their stuff they set it up like like it's just a playground. Yeah. Like they have a ton of statues <laughs> yes, and fun yes, things to look at yes. and, and kind of mess with. Where Sony's just like, we have a fuck ton of demos if you want to play the new games that we have exclusively to our console on the PS4 Pro. Um, that's that's kind of how they are. But here's here's my thing, Anthony. Here's where I'm interested. Mm-hmm. So there's the giant, there's the purple section, and then the purple section next to it that's tiny for Sony. And that makes sense to me. Why is the one above it blue and it's also for Sony? Um, apparently that is, a, I mean, scroll up here, actually. Um, bah, 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 bah. 
I enlarge it just for uh, for the purpose of uh, making it easier. They're actually part of a schedule. Uh, oh. So fright target schedule uh, Thursday. So assuming that's that the room that they're renting for that day. Oh, you know what that? Okay, you know what the blue one probably is. The uh, press conference. If they so no no what I'm assuming what the blue one is for, and I've seen them do this before. Um, they did it when uh, Uncharted 4 was coming out and mm-hmm. um, I think God of War as well. But um, basically it's 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 a booth slash room that's a tiny theater where they showcase some stuff strictly for like your eyes only sort of thing. Oh, so like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that way, like oh. you can't bring a camera in. Mm. Like you can watch it. You can see it. If you're at E3 and you can talk to your friends about it, but you can't have any footage of it, kind of thing. Oh, good, good stuff. <laughs> that's a good. I I think of it that way. Yeah, that's that's really good because there are going to be some stuff that are going to be behind closed doors, and the other stuff they're going to show, but probably will not allow people who are going to be, um, who are going to uh, able to bring in anything and just kind of eyes only. Yeah. Just makes, makes also, I'm assuming. Sense. Makes I'm sense. assuming the beige one for Nintendo is the same thing. Yeah, I would assume so as well. Um. Yeah, that, you know, Nintendo is a big booth, so does Sony as well. Um, as far as the speculation, as far as they, what they're going to bring, there's going to be some games, obviously. I don't think that, I don't think there'll be like any, from what from just looking at this, it seems like they're going to have something uh, to show off. Maybe they'll have Bayonetta 3 playable uh, on the show floor. Um, yeah, I think one of one of Sony's big, like, um, one of their big things they're going to try to show off is Days Gone. The motorcycle or bikers. On yeah, the game. yeah, we're gonna see that uh, again for sure. Spider-Man, even though I feel, I feel like, know. well, absolutely, Spider-Man. Yeah, but I feel like Days Gone. We haven't heard a lot about it, and we know that it's close to being finished. So I think there's a lot on that. Um, as for Nintendo, like their booth is gonna be awesome, uh, primarily because I, we know that they're gonna talk about Smash. Oh, so fuck, that's gonna right. be huge. Fact. That's right, and they, they, they did say that Smash is going to be playable on the show floor. So that's yep. that that's got to be it. That's got to be it. But also, also, Anthony, I'd like to point out that last year we heard about Metroid Prime Four. I don't think we'll get a playable demo. I don't think. I don't think we will either. But I feel like there's going to be something on the show floor. I have a fork in my hand, but uh, the the beige room will be about that. I think you're right. I think they're even the, I, even a trailer of from Metro Prime Four. I don't even feel confident in that, honestly. Um, we didn't really. Get, it's been a year. It's been a year since they announced it. We, I, we gotta I'm, have something. I, I don't. No, I, I'm. It's a little too early. A little too early. Um, I don't think it is. Here's why I don't think it is, Anthony. Because Nintendo is really, really, really trying to make the Switch the best it can possibly be. And I think they're doing a fantastic job. And they know that in order to buy, to sell consoles, they have to come out with exclusive titles that sell that console. Breath of the Wild did that. Odyssey did that. Um, I don't think if you're mm, for this year, I don't think it'd be Metro Prime or or, or for the next no, no, year. no, no, no. I'm what I'm saying, Anthony, is they're going to have something for Metroid Prime. They might have a, a short, very rough demo. Or, or like a video mm-hmm. to kind of showcase, maybe like give us a hint of the, the timeline, uh, something in that regard. Um, but I think that 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 what we're gonna see during their direct is going to be like a, a, a Dorito fart in the face 
where what's behind that fucking curtain on the beige area will be more detail for people there. Right, right. Um, we'll see. I I would love I'm to excited. I would love to talk more. Um, we gotta move on, but we'll talk more about know, it in the after show. In the after show, we'll, we'll talk more about it because I really like to dive in and some of the other companies that are listed on here as well. Yeah, we're excited about E3. We're gonna try to do some fun stuff for oh, E3 when it happens. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Since I don't have to watch my nephews. <laughs> yeah, Un- unfiltered Greg. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so moving on to our next topic at hand. Speaking of E3, um, we got. Some new footage, new stuff about Beyond Good and Evil 2, including a timeline, which I find very interesting. They actually laid out. This was during a live stream, um, but this is ported off of DualShockers.com, written by Gillespie Nelva, uh, titled uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2 Timeline Revealed with Beautiful Images and Lots of Info. More coming at E3. During the, the, a live stream hosted by Ubisoft, the developers of Beyond Good and Evil 2 has shared more information and assets about the upcoming game. We learned that the development team at Ubisoft Montpelier, Montpelier, Montpelier? I'm going to mispronounce that, sorry. Uh, currently, if, it's not, if it's not in your wheelhouse, you probably <laughs> should just let it go. Uh, currently counts about 120 developers. They're also starting to work together with That's Ubisoft. That's way than I meant to be. <laughs> uh, with Ubisoft, uh, Sofia uh, Barcelona and... Uh, uh, Bardex, <laughs> which provide additional manpower. Um, we hear that the focus of the team is on E3 at the moment, while today they have shown some gameplay. A lot of surprises are being kept for June uh, for June show in Los Angeles. More interesting, the time the, the team showcased a timeline for the setting, which include the team is using a build uh, to build the story of the game. Um, and I would read through all this, but I'm let you guys read that. But basically, they went through a kind of uh, timeline of, of exactly in terms like how they're setting up Beyond Good and Evil 2, where they'll have like the start of this uh, particular uh, massive Starship attack that was in 202314, uh, up into Jade's birth. Um, and the one thing so, that. Go ahead, sorry. So the one thing that's interesting is, first off, we finally get some more footage out of Beyond Good and Evil 2 because we haven't seen that game in two, three years since the showcase at E3. They, I want to say two years. I don't think it's been that long. Okay. Um, so, yeah, and, and again, this is a game that has been in long development for, for I don't know, God, how, how long. Um, well, I mean, it was... it. It's probably only been it's probably only been in development for maybe four years total, mm-hmm. uh, because um, originally the sequel was going to be about Jade. That whole thing got canned, right. and then hadn't been touched again for so long, even though people were dying for it. I mean, they had that footage of um, uh, Paige and Jade like stuck on the side of the road. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, not Paige. It's like, is it Paige? No, the fucking pig. The, the pig guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought his name was Paige, uh, but it's spelled weird. Um, anyway, uh, it's been a long time since I've played Beyond Good and Evil. Um, but uh, um, that foot, like, the sequel was supposed to be a sequel about them. When it got brought back, when it got brought back up to make a sequel for it, since people were dying for it, they said, well, we can't really bring back Jade and Paige because nobody really knows them you have to make the game for an audience that maybe didn't play the first one. 
And that's what this is doing. I think it's really brilliant. That's what I think God of War did, which is really brilliant. Um, you aren't going to have to know anything about the previous game, which is always funny to me that it's that it's technically a sequel, even though it's a prequel. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, when I was when I was looking at this footage, and I was like, this game isn't even close to done, no, and it no. already looks phenomenal. Yeah. It's it's looking good. Like it's definitely a game we haven't seen in a while. And this time around, that we ha- we finally have a team that you know are able to focus and get stuff done um, and proceed with this uh, game. Because this obviously Beyond Good and Evil Two has been one of the long um, uh, wanted games for the longest time during the the years of of the game industry. Um, I would I would put them under the mythical games that people want under like Half Life Three and like other games of that ilk. Um, so yeah, I mean yeah, I mean there there are people who are you know like it, it falls under the Shenmue Three the yes yes like you said the Half Life Three the mm-hmm. uh, um oh what other games are there like that? Well, the funny thing is like all those mythical games I quote. Um, are pretty much either had been vaporware or they actually have came out. Like Duke Nukem Forever, that finally came out. Um, vaporware? What are you talking about? I'm talking about games that, you know, were like, I would consider Half Life 3 vaporware, like in terms of like. Why? Why? Um, because. Uh, well, what's what's the term vaporware? I've never heard, I've heard of vaporwave. So, wave. so, so vaporware basically means that. Um, it basically means a game when it was announced or when it was in development, it first announced like, you know, on what day and what year and whatnot, um, and has not been talked about or shown in years, like in five, six or so, or, or how long years, I'm not even spoken of. Um, so m- most of these games are unfinished or are um, have not been talked about or been claimed or tagged as I... vaporware. I've never heard that phrase before. That is a that is I a just, phrase. I just, I, look, I, just, I just, yeah, I know. I just looked it up, and it says the actual definition is software or hardware that has been advertised but has not yet has been not yet available to buy, either because it is only a concept or because it's still being written or developed. Yeah, pretty much. Um, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, <laughs> I yeah, they learn something every day. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um. It's cool. It, it, I'm, I'm glad that they're finally putting it out there, which means with this video, obviously this means that we'll see a trailer at E3 uh, showcasing oh, yeah. some, some footage. Um, whether, it, whether it be a uh, gameplay or a mix of both, maybe gameplay and uh, cinematic, um, I think we'll definitely see some at the Ubisoft press conference. Um, I bet you, I, I bet you that this is going to be the the uh, the show starter for Ubisoft's press conference. Beyond Good and Evil 2, first game oh, to be shown. <laughs> absolutely. Are you kidding me? Like, Ubisoft would be like, we have a bunch of shooters. We have something Tom Clancy-based. Oh, God. Don't but get me started. Here's our, here's our showstopper. But, like, it's, yeah, absolutely. Now, here, now here's what's going to happen, because it happens every year at Ubisoft. They open up to another for another Just, uh, Just Dance game, and they have people come out and dancing, and we'll have some weird, like, person in a... for well, for sure. <laughs> And then um, we'll have the rabbits come out and be annoying for like a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, Josh in our chat is is in the same ballpark of of um, or in Sauvignon. Yes, of, I would like, agree. Yes, yes, yes. Vaporware. Yeah, the Final Fantasy VII remake is absolutely vaporware. Like that. Uh, hey guys, if you learned a new phrase like I did, 
um not phrase but uh terminology <laughs> um uh yeah ubisoft has the exact same showcase but here's there's one big thing that i'm hoping ubisoft shows at their at their press conference hmm. and now the beyond good and evil 2 conversation has turned into what ubisoft could show at their press conference um a fucking full-on like beta date beta play test date uh release date uh more gameplay footage story-based gameplay footage for skull and bones oh yeah that's a definite i could i could definitely see that yeah i could see more stuff for that um i am i aside from you know seriously like i guarantee you anthony here's how the here's how their here's how their whole okay. conference is gonna right, go. lay it out for me what do you uh, just, what is it? just dance is gonna come out they're gonna do a whole thing ha yeah. ha 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 yeah the host is going to come out, and the host will not be a celebrity because they've they've tested that and it doesn't work. Um, so the host will be somebody that is a developer or works at Ubisoft, right? And that, that person yeah, just goes, yeah. "Here's a thing, you know, yeah, like yeah. here's the new thing." Then they're going to have some game that has to do with rabbits. Yeah, it might be a new okay. Rayman game. It might be uh, a new uh, a sequel to Mario and Rabbits. Um, I think DLC, but yeah, I mean, sure. <laughs> or DLC for that, yeah, yeah something something yeah. involved with rabbits. Yeah. Then they're going to announce the next Assassin's Creed game. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we did have Origins, and that's I think a two-year-old game now. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's good, but yeah. So we're due. We're due for another announced Assassin's Creed game. Yeah. But I think they're going to be like the new Assassin's Creed available spring of 2019. Like that's when that's going to happen. Right, right, right. Um, and then right after that, we're going to get uh, a, a new Tom Clancy game. It might be DLC for Fuck. Wildlands. I, I, uh, hope, I hope it's Splinter Cell. I would love another Splinter Cell that's game. That's what I was going to say. Like, <laughs> I think they're going to go, I think they're going to go DLC for Wildlands, DLC for, um, for Siege. Um, and, and now here's a trailer for an upcoming uh, Rainbow, uh, not Rainbow Six, but uh, Splinter Cell. upcoming, um, not, they, don't, they don't say it yet. Oh, they just go oh, I see. upcoming Tom Clancy based game. Yeah. And then yeah. like some espionage shit happens. And then all of a sudden you hear the noise that his fucking goggles make. You're going to, you guys, and then everyone's going to, everyone's just going to collectively come in the audience. Yes. Yeah. Um, you don't, you don't hire uh, the voice actor of, 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 uh, uh, of Sam Fisher to be in the DLC just for Wildlands. It's got to be right, something right. more. It's exactly. got to be something exactly. more. <laughs> Um, oh, and then, man. then they're going to show some footage and some information on Skull and Bones. They have to. The oh, game's yeah. been, oh yeah, it, yeah, they, yeah, they have to. Definitely, I can see that. Um, sure. And then, and then they're going to showcase. They're going to end the showcase with some Beyond Good and Evil Two footage. So that's how that. Like their showcase is going to be awesome. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, we're done with this topic. We should probably move on. Right, right, right. For sure, for sure. Also, thank you for the auto host uh, half empty. So shout out to you guys. Uh, give me a second here as I'm tweeting this out. All right, so uh, this it was an interesting uh, thing. I, uh, hang on, first let me switch to the topic. Boom, boom. All right, here we go. All right, so this is something that I picked up um, while waving through the uh, the news. Um, it is a conversation actually that was on Twitter with Phil Spencer. Um, and this particularly, I wanted to kind of use this and also the Reddit that uh, was they were talking about. Give me a second here. Start the timer. There we go. Uh, so this was tweeted out by Xbox Fan 360 uh, at Azuna16. Um, 
Alan Wake on Xbox 360 is one of the great attractions for the console. Is there a chance a, a, of a sequel for the Xbox One? Alan Wake is awesome, which I agree. Uh, Phil Spencer responds, it was a fun game to get to work on, and I agree, for me, uh, it was a highlight on a highlight for us on, on 360. Great writing and setting. Another person responds, and here we can exp- we can see an expert diversion from answering the question. Phil Spencer responds, Try, not trying to divert, I like the game a lot and wanted to respond uh, saying so. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm not announcing new business deals on Twitter today, sorry. Response from another person, Phil, we need something game-changing, like when Halo Gears Fable uh, came on the scene, new gameplay experiences, I'm sure you know this, uh, BC is a great and all, but I want something fresh, something we never experienced, something too immersed for us to, uh, for years to come, not just multiplayer. And response, finally, uh, that's, that's all? That's a low bar. Smiley face. I hear you. Uh, invest, uh, invest in, hang on. That's a, okay. Invest, uh, in teams and, uh, empower them to, uh, hang on a second. Sorry. It is, it has been cut off here. You're, you're right there. Yeah. No, no, no. This, this, uh, side is being cut off. Can I, there we go. Okay. There, I can see it all. Um, yeah, uh, invest invest more, uh, invest in teams, empower them to create deep worlds with interesting stories and characters, uh, and give them time. Um, and the thing I want to bring up, because I want to read this particular quote from the Reddit post uh, talking about this, uh, from Robotic w- uh, Water. I'm sure they've known this. Money, time, and creative freedom have been a powerful combo since the beginning of commissioned art. This isn't something that is needed to be said. What I want what I want want to hear is what developers they intend to acquire, how much money they intend to invest, and how far they intend to keep their hands from the product. Either way, it seems Microsoft won't be putting out any decent first-party games anytime soon because they're either out of the market or they have let the seeds they've sown uh, grow slowly. What? Okay, that sounds so weird. Like, what does it mean by first-party Microsoft? Are they talking about like? Because Microsoft is making first-party games, they're right, right. I think uh, I mean because the the obvious, if you want to compare the three consoles, like the obvious thing that people keep saying about Microsoft and uh, the Xbox uh, One uh, is that they don't have any exclusives or not much of um, much of the. Exclu- well, I mean, what what does that mean? Because I can tell you right now that um, exclusives for Microsoft mean now that it's that it's exclusive to Windows and Microsoft. Or, no, sorry, Windows and Xbox. That's what that means. Yes, yes. So, what, what, I'm, what I'm trying to get at is that Microsoft, if, if you remember a year, a year or two ago, um, they announced all these titles for the Xbox, uh, Xbox One, um, or, yeah, the Xbox One, and uh, much of those titles that were exclusively going to come to the to the platform, most of them were canceled or they... Um, or they have, and it's not very few of them have. And this, and this kind of, as I was reading the conversation, this is something that went into, you know, is my, Microsoft needs to really, in kind of look within themselves and invest in some of these teams who are making the games, because um, there was a comparison between you know Microsoft and Sony, and Sony is where all the great. Uh, 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 I'll, I'll say this Sony figured out that by allowing a team um, time mm-hmm. to make a game mm-hmm. you're going to get some amazing games 
Exactly. And arguably, and I and I I, I will I will one hundred percent agree with people if they say this. Um, first party titles on PlayStation are better than the first party titles on the Xbox slash Windows. Mm-hmm. Like full on. Uh, I mean, look at the past five years. It, it's it's incredible to me that Xbox has been able to stay alive with the quality of for first party titles that they've had because um, it's been garbage. Uh, I remember when like everyone had a switch and they were playing the new uh breath of the wild and and if you didn't have that you had you had an xbox and if you had the xbox you were playing a new a new you know this new game it was amazing there was two there's two awesome games on the on the on the on the ps4 right. it was amazing right and what did xbox have halo wars 2 yeah <laughs> there couldn't have been yeah. there couldn't have been more of a fucking like um video game version release of a, of the um losing sound from price is right if there ever was one yeah, like it was yeah, terrible yeah um but that's just one example like i love my xbox one i think it's a great console and i think that the ps4 is a great console i have nothing against it if i had the money i'd have i'd have all um but you know i'm only able to afford the the, the switch and the xbox like that's it uh I don't know. It's such a weird concept to me that Phil Spencer would have to come out and say, like, it seems like the right idea to allow development teams to, I don't know, develop a game. Right. Like, that's such a weird, like, why does he need to say that? Well, I mean, it's, I, I don't know why I'm saying it like that. It's pretty obvious what he needs to say. But. Right, right. I mean, he's, he's kind of voicing what's already been known. Like, there isn't that many exclusives you can think of when you think of xbox one um when you think of microsoft um out of out of the old adage of games they have right now like gears born halo are the ones that you know was huge and now it isn't it still is big but not particularly the, the way that they want it to be um and they needed think, a new ips for a long time and they're trying they're i think trying. if you look yeah i think if you look at nintendo and sony and you see the kind of games the quality of games that they're releasing and you see, like, there a lot of them are first, you know, single-player experiences, long single-player experiences. Um, and then, you know, like, Odyssey takes 15 hours. Uh, the new God of War takes 15 hours. Breath of the Wild takes 20-something hours. Yeah. Um, uh, the Uncharted games take 10-plus hours. Like, those are pretty long single-player experiences. But what's on Xbox? There really isn't anything on Xbox. And if there is a single-player experience, it's like four to six hours. It's super short because there's a robust multiplayer. Attitude. Yeah, and that's the thing with Microsoft. With the with what people when they think of Microsoft, they think of multiplayer games. They think of games that you can think of. Why though? Why is that the case? Uh, because that's the. I, I have I have an answer for you. Okay, well, uh, I would I would I would first say that the reason for that case is because much of their games, um, well, they have some great single player depending on what the game it, it is. Um, much of the games that are massively played on the Xbox um, are multiplayer games. Halo 2, Gears of War uh, was another one that was you know huge on multiplayer. Sure. Uh, it's, it's very arguable that the house of Xbox was built on the back of Halo's multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, but the market is entirely different for, this, for the, 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 the Switch and the PS4. That's true. Why? Yeah, because they right. sell in Japan. You're... No, Microsoft. Okay, so in Sony, yes, 
Microsoft, no, they always been horrible. No, no, Japan. Anthony, I didn't. I didn't say Microsoft. I said the Switch and PS4 oh, okay. sell in Japan. I was about to say the Xbox doesn't. That's I was what about I was saying. To say. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> the 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 consumer interest yes, on yes, what yes, to play on yes. those consoles is entirely different. I agree. Well, not entirely different, but different enough to yeah. where Sony and Sony and Nintendo go. There's some market. There's there's some some money to be made in multiplayer games. But Nintendo, but Microsoft just goes. That's all anyone wants to play. It's all multiplayer. Yep. Like, and that's kind of a problem. You know that that becomes an issue. I mean, I'll say Ubisoft kind of fell down that hole of like, they sacrificed the single player experiences to make it multiplayer. Yes. And you saw that kind of go away with you know, um, Assassin's Creed. Uh, um, Unity. Uh, Syndicate and oh, Origin. Okay, yeah. Because um, those don't have multiplayers. Those are single-player experiences only, and they're good games. Sure, yes. they have a couple glitches. They're going to have glitches, but they're good games. Yeah, it, it's, definitely, you know, I, it's definitely an testament, and, and the, the, the games for the past two years have, have been shown that single-player games work quite well when done right. Persona 5, Persona, yeah, Persona 5 was the other game I was trying to think of that uh, yeah, Sony yeah. had that I, that, yeah. But I think that that, again, is a huge aspect and factor into why Phil Spencer had to say that to Microsoft, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, that that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd love for Microsoft to take that into consideration. Yes. Like, stop, stop trying to rush things. I mean, I'll, I'll say this, like, 343 Studios is definitely taking a note from that because mm. they have been taking their time with Halo 6. Yeah. They were going to release that a couple of years ago, and they've been working. They, am, they put a I'm, lot more time in it. I am not surprised if that was the case. <laughs> so, well, we might see a shift, but right, right, whatever. Yeah, you're you're definitely not into money. It, yeah, damn. <laughs> All right, you know what time it is, guys. You know what time it is. I'm actually going studio mode here for a second, so I can get that transition to work. Uh, making sure. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls, it's time for your Overwatch Minute with Drink Deeds. There you go, and let me fix that video. <laughs> you know, I need the tiny video right oh, over here, over here. Yeah, yeah, there you go. All right. Um, <laughs> so the footage that you're seeing is actually uh, from uh, some Overwatch League uh, stuff, uh, just because it's see, uh, stage three has just ended, um, and uh, with that came the championship game, and that was a lot of fun to watch. It was um, uh, Los Angeles Gladiators versus the uh boston oh what's boston's team oh my god i totally forgot why am i drawing a blank on boston's team <laughs> anyway it was los angeles gladiators versus boston and uh boston destroyed the gladiators like mm. three to zero mm. it was a bad a bad whooping 
Um, and then it was New York Excelsior versus uh, Los Angeles Valiant, and Los Angeles lost again. Oh wow! Uh, real bad. Wow! Like both Los Angeles teams lost three to zero. Wow! It was not a good day for Los Angeles. Hmm. Um, but then the final game was Excelsior versus Boston, or New York versus Boston, and um, the New York team is is unstoppable. They are a juggernaut. Wow! Like. They almost went three to zero, but it was uh, the first two games went to New York. The second game was a draw, believe it or not. Wow. Or, I'm sorry, the third game was a draw. And then the fourth game, uh, New York took it. Um, mm. And it was, it's incredible to watch some of these guys play because, oh, pardon me. Um, you'll see. Uh, some of these uh, uh, Widowmakers, like they'll, like you're seeing right now, like the launching themselves in the air and getting a snipe from across the map is unreal. Like on a tracer who's moving very fast, like it's, it's, it makes your head spin watching these guys play. Um, but uh, I love watching the Overwatch League and I'm very excited. And, and, um, but usually after a stage is done, they take two weeks off. So, uh, stage four will start on the 16th. Um, so, uh, so yeah, there's that. Um, there have been a couple updates to Overwatch. Um, after the uh, event ended, the um, retribution event ended, <clears throat> uh, there were a lot of, I talked about it before, there were a lot of Hanzo changes. And uh, so he's been added into the game with his new changes. And the way that he works now is he has a dash that if you jump and then you jump again, like a double jump sort of thing, whatever direction you are pressing towards, he'll dash that direction. And he goes about 10 meters. So it's a good distance. Um, but he also now has a volley. Um, he, he, uh, storm arrows is what it's called. But instead of the scatter shot, <clears throat> which could one shot people if you shot it at their feet, uh, now what it does is it has six fully taut arrows. So a fully taut arrow, if you're curious, is basically a, a headshot, uh, an instant kill headshot. If if he has a rig, if he uses the regular shot on it, it's six of those fully fully taut, and you have those for six seconds. So you can go one two three four five six or one two three dash one two, move forward, shoot the last one. Like, like very sparingly how you can use them. Hanzo is now more powerful. But by taking away that one shot at your feet bullshit, I actually like him more. He's uh, he's so, less he's less brain dead, pretty much is what it sounds like in that yeah. aspect. <laughs> he's way yeah. It, the skill level on him is going to be is much higher now, so that's nice. Mm. Cool. Um, they added the the uh, the Rialto map or Rialto, which is an Italy map. It it it's the same it's the same location that the. Uh, Retribution event took place. Why is my voice so like weird right now? <laughs> Need that water. <laughs> Sorry guys. Like it's just it's my like my vocal cords are being like crunched. I don't know. It's weird. Anyway. Um, so if you played the retribution event, the the story based thing, there was one direction that you took. Well, <laughs> the new map goes the opposite direction through the through the place. And it's a it's a single payload map, so you just get on the payload and it starts moving. Um there's two whole checkpoints before the end. Um, and I like the map a lot. I actually really, really dig it. The only issue that I think I have with it is there's some really sharp turns that are hard to get through. 
but whatever. I mean, you can make the same argument about every other map in the game. Um, but it also takes place during the daylight, or daytime. So where previously the Retribution event was at night, this map is lit up. So it's it's I really like that too. Um, there is a, an upcoming Brigida nerf uh, where they've toned her ultimate down from giving every teammate 150 armor to now 100 armor, which is more or less significant, but not that significant because she still heals for 80, 80 over 80 over every hit that she does with her mace. Um, they haven't toned down her and like any of her offensive or defensive abilities. It's just like a slight nerf on her alt. Um, but of course, people are bitching about it or celebrating it. One of the two. <laughs> Um, but Anthony brought my attention to an article um, that I thought was very interesting. Um, and I pressed the wrong I pressed the wrong link. Let me go find the actual link. So um, there have been a while ago, there were some uh, hackers, some Overwatch hackers in South Korea that were caught and arrested. Well, their trial went through and their punishment, as of right now, the official ruling is... Um, they have to spend two years on probation. If they do anything to break probation, they're going to go to jail. Uh, it doesn't say for how long, but um, they're also fined 10 million won or roughly um, $10,000. Um, and uh, there's 11 more cases to be heard. This is two. This was two out of 13. Um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I think ultimately that's a good thing. It's going to scare a lot more hackers into not doing this. It'll scare a lot of kids who are just going to use hacks. Because that's the thing. These 13 people aren't the ones using the hacks. They're the ones creating the hacks and selling them. Mm, that's why they're being punished. I see. Um, if you use a hack, you're just going to have your account banned. But this could potentially scare kids or younger people who are using the hacks into just not using them ever which is really nice. I think that at the end of the day, if you are scaring scaring young people into not being shitheads like that, that's a good thing. Um, and Korea takes yeah. that seriously. Like South, specifically South Korea, like that is the land of esports. They take it seriously. So yeah, that's... Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, imagine <laughs> being imagine being 20 something years old and suddenly now you have this criminal record on your on your sheet a $10,000 fucking fine to pay or 10 million won, whatever. Um, like that's a big deal. Like, yeah, they're not going to prison prison, but that's, you know, their, their life is not going to be the same anymore. And, and, uh, you know, with, like you said, like with South Korea being the land of esports and esports being on the rise and people enjoying multiplayer games, this is important. This is a very important. Yeah. This is a win for <laughs> this is a win for multiplayer games. So yeah. Cool. Is there anything else or is that it? That is it for the Overwatch Minute. Alright, guys. That's been the Overwatch Minute with Greg Deeds. Alright. Well, I left my shoulder up so you can uh, see more of my guns. Um <laughs> so uh that brings us to the end of the podcast. Um so we are going to have an after show. Um, it's not going to be for too long because I got to go to bed early tonight so I can get ready 
to pick up the new Gravis car for tomorrow and everything will be back to normal or even better uh, with my PC streaming setup. Um, but before we do, uh, Greg, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ChubRockGeek. That's where I post most of the stuff that I do or am doing. Um, but you can primarily hear my voice and my partner's voice uh, in Sobiner76 or Josh Fisher. <clears throat> Sorry, Josh Fisher, as he is in the chat currently. Uh, we do a um, internet streaming service review and discussion podcast. What we do is we watch a show, two shows in their entirety that are on Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu Plus, YouTube Red, what have you. Uh, and we just we spoiler discuss them and then give our, our, our reviews at the end. Um, we've been doing this now f- since, I want to say mid-November, more or less. But uh, we're really excited about it. The current episode that's available right now is on... Um, Lordy, Lordy, I forgot. Um, it doesn't matter. There's, a, there's an episode <laughs> that's currently up. Josh, if you can type that in the chat, if you remember, let me know. Otherwise, the new episode that we're going to review this week is on Agrisuka and Cobra Kai, which is on YouTube Red. Um, spoiler alert, as I tend to do for the podcast anyway. Uh, this is going to be an interesting discussion because I liked Agrisuka. Josh did not. Josh liked Cobra Kai. I did not. So this should be fun. Should be a fun little discussion. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can find everything involving all queued up podcast on all queued Like if you go to the front page, you'll see like a little sh- a little thing on the side, on the left hand side that uh, has all the links to our social medias, to any 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 type of site that you like to go to to listen to. Um, uh, <laughs> all right, Blair, thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> I'm the one that's right. Uh, but no, you can see um, if, if, there's a, if there's a platform you like to listen to your podcast on, it's on, um, it's, uh, it's, it's there. We're on that. We're on that thing. Um, oh, thank you, Josh. It, the the latest episode, the episode you can currently listen to right now, is on Lost in Space and Seth Rogen's Hilarity for Charity. Thank you. Totally forgot about that. Plus, we had John Abaya from uh, the Freaking Awesome Podcast and Abaya Arts as a guest. Sweet. So, all right. Um, but yeah, awesome. Allcuteuppodcast.com. I will have to tune in and listen to your guys' thoughts. I'm actually curious about it. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Defective Naruto. You can follow the work that we do at MissionStarPodcast.com. Um, if you enjoy this podcast, well, we are on several podcasting services. And next, I'm going to add more to that list, as you see on the, uh, on the, on, on the stream. But uh, right now, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Radio Public. And we are live... Um, every, uh, every time there's a Twitch, uh, episode or Twitch, uh, stream, uh, this, every Sunday at 8 p.m., uh, 7.30 for the pre-show and then afterwards is the after show. Uh, and let me go ahead and for those who in chat want to subscribe to the podcast, there's your links. So do go check it out. Also, we're on this notes. I forgot to mention. So shout out to them as well. Um, give me one second here. Moving on to the next slide. Uh, we just uploaded a new episode to the Conover, uh, covering Katsukan. 
And it is a podcast that covers anime conventions, conventions of all types, and give our full thoughts, the good, the bad, the ugly. You, should you go to it, you should check it out. We'll work great moments. It is called The Conover. It is on iTunes, Stitcher, and on Radio Public. Uh, so let me go ahead and do... Ooh, no S. There we go. Okay. Um, and then moving on to our next podcast we host. It is... A podcast where we discuss a bit of everything, uh, gaming news, uh, as well as uh, comic books, uh, for the most part, uh, entertainment, movies. Uh, check out D Rolling Twenties podcast. It is on Podbean, Stitcher, and on iTunes. I highly suggest. I'm kind of curious if they've done a spoiler cast or not on the Avengers, um, but if they they have to or they're going to talk about it, it will be on their podcast. So definitely check it out. Um, and. Speaking of Avengers, I will have to go and upload that. I, I haven't yet, but I will um, at some point. Hopefully in, hopefully in in, in, in this week or whatnot. But uh, down in front is a podcast, a movie podcast we host. Uh, whenever we watch a movie, we'll give our thoughts, um, either a group or you know uh, by one of ourselves. Uh, I will upload our thoughts on the Avengers that we just uh, talked about uh, last week's after show on this pod on this stream. Um, and we uploaded it on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, and on Radio Public. Also, a reminder that much of these podcasts can also be found on our website in the podcast podcast section uh, under missionstartpodcast.com. And I think my co-host has gone the way of the dodo. Anyways, so, reminder, are we going to have an after show? Uh, we're... Uh, and, uh, this is if you hear just from the main podcast. This is where the main podcast ends. Uh, but we will have an after show after afterwards where you can talk to us, you ask us questions, uh, kind of shoot the shit pretty much, or anything that we didn't cover in this in this uh, at the in this main podcast. We will cover in the after show um, or anything of that nature. So, with that being said, thank you for listening and watching. We'll see you guys next time.